Praise the Lord. Good afternoon. It's good to be with you today. And my prayer is that you are sensing the wonderful presence of the Lord and that you are connected with him, uh, that you know that he's with you every single day. Your hand is in his hand and his hand is in your hand and he is never, ever, ever going to let you go. And today we're going to take a look at step number four of recovery. And as I've said over the past few days, you don't have to be a person that is bound by all kinds of addiction to be able to go in to the different steps of recovering from addiction and get something out of it. It will speak to all of us, everybody. And, uh, and so we're going to work on step Four. My name is Ken Benjorno. I'm the pastor here at Christian Fellowship Center, New Bedford, and I'm glad that you meet with us every single day and Monday through Friday. Um, I'm here to do this devotion. Just to let you know that uh, that though many of you are out of sight, you're not out of mind. You're not out of my heart, and I'm praying for you. And there's going to be a day when we're eventually going to be back together again, meeting in the household here in the, the house of, of God. So praise the Lord. Let's say a prayer together. And uh, remember those that have lost loved ones. Remember those that might have the virus now and others that are sick and then have different cancer and different diseases. Lift them up. And those that are alone, those that are feeling alone, those that are feeling trapped. Uh, we want to just lift up people today. We also want to continue to pray for our chief of police here, and that's uh, Joe Cordera. He, he, his, his mom passed away uh, over the past couple of days, and we want to lift him up in prayer as well. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you that we can come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you that you're with us every single day, that you watch over us, that you care for us. And Lord, we thank you that we know we're not alone, that you are here. And God, we pray that every person that's out there would sense your wonderful spirit. God, that they would be connected not only to other family members and church family members and the community, but connected with you. And so, God, speak there into their hearts and souls. And we pray, Lord, for healing upon people's bodies and touch lungs. And, Lord, touch people from uh, those that might have right now that virus. God, we pray you'll bring healing. That, Lord, that the virus will be eradicated from their body and from our world as well. We pray the medications will be available. We pray, Lord, they'll get the treatment and the testing that they need. And God, we just pray that you'll bring healing and strengthen them and protect others that are around them from getting this virus. We pray, Lord, for uh, the elderly people and those that have a vulnerable immune systems, God. Lord, we pray that you'll help them to stay in quarantine, to not go out, to not um, put you to a test in that they would say, we're safe and we don't need to worry. Lord, you give us wisdom. You've given us these brains, these minds. You've given us the counsel that comes from 
the doctors and the different scientists and Lord, the, the health um, organizations that are out there from the government. Lord, you're, you're giving us, Lord, advice through all of them. So God, help us to take it and to live wisely and not to get impatient. Lord, we pray that you would also provide those that need food even now, God, that they would be able to go to the different pantries and also receive a card from our church, Lord, that they could go buy groceries, that people around them, Lord, that the family members and friends would be willing to give gift cards to them so these people can go to the different stores and buy food and the necessities to live. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, help those, Lord, that are feeling depressed right now, that you would lift their spirits, God, that, Lord, you would um, surround them with people that can make calls to them and talk to them and reach out and help us to do that, Lord, with people that can't get out, but, Lord, we can get in by over social media and all of the technology. So, God, may you move by your spirit and lift the spirits of people in Jesus' name. We do pray for comfort upon Chief Cordera, Lord. Have your hands on him. Strengthen him, his family, Lord God. They're mourning. They're hurting. What a difficult time. And for others, Lord, that have lost loved ones, we pray your comfort upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. And, Lord... Now, open our hearts up, our minds, bless this time as we dig into your truth and may it apply to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are in step four today. Step one of recovery is just knowing that life is chaos and it's insane and I can't live like this anymore. And the second step is that uh, there is a God who is able to meet me where I'm at and restore my sanity and bring order out of all of the chaos. And the third step is that I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust Jesus with my life, with my hopes, with my dreams, with all of my worries, things that I can't, I have no control over. I'm going to give it to him and help him to lead me through it, but I'm not going to carry it anymore as if I've got to solve it all or if I've got to worry about it all, which is going to solve nothing. I'm going to turn my life over and I'm going to trust him with everything in my life and 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 pray that he would lead the way and part the Red Sea as I may face it and protect me from the enemy that's trying to chase me down and bring me back into slavery. And, and I'm going to trust him that he's going to split that Red Sea. And, and so today, step, step four is, is taking a, a fearless, taking a fearless inventory of yourself. Step four, it says this, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. In other words, instead of looking out, instead of looking out, we're looking inward. 
and realizing, yes, we've been hurt and we've been sinned against and somebody has damaged us, but also look inward and say, you know, I've hurt people too. I've damaged people too. And, and I need to take an inventory of myself and not hide from it. When I was a kid, I can remember we lived in a neighborhood and our house sat up higher than a house that was across the street. And I can remember that the lawn of that house was always so manicured and so beautiful. And uh, I one time rode my bike down my driveway across the street and into the lawn that had just been manicured, but it was very, very wet. They might have even had some sawed grass put down. And when I rode my bike through that yard, it left like a, a three to four inch tire mark all the way through, all the way from the beginning of his lawn all the way to the front door of his house and I can remember going running back to my house putting my bike in the garage going upstairs in my brother brother's room and looking out the window and seeing that this yard that was so beautifully manicured seeing that one damaged part strip that I had ridden my bike across and those tire marks and I thought, oh, oh, I know. I mean, I know he's gonna know that it was me. The neighbor's gonna know it was me. And, and I can remember hiding up there, hiding and not having to deal with it or, or face it, you know? And you know, I say that this, to say this, when we take a look at uh, Genesis uh, chapter three, and we're talking about taking a, 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 a fearless, right, inventory, right? Step four, uh, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Uh, in Genesis chapter uh, three, God had given uh, st stipulations, actually in, in two, he had given stipulations, and the stipulations to two people, Adam and Eve, was that you will uh, not, you can eat from any tree. And just imagine there were, there were thousands and thousands of trees. Just imagine yourself seeing a picture of all of these trees. You couldn't even count all of them. But there was one out of all of the trees. There was one. He said, just don't eat from that tree. Just don't eat. Don't eat from that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good. And evil, and and so when you take a look at the passage of scripture here, we see what happens. Starting with verse one, it says, "Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals, and the Lord God had made." And he said to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?" And the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat from fruit from the trees in the garden." She's saying, "All of those trees, we can eat from all of them." But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. 
And you will not surely die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man, where are you? Now, I just want to stop there and say this. That the reason we want to take a searching, right, fearless moral inventory of ourselves is because there are things that have happened in our lives that we're not proud of. And Adam, he was not, he was not proud of this. And Eve, and, and they were, the scriptures tell us that, the, that they, when they, they realized they were naked and they made covering for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from God among the trees of the garden. And, and it's one of those things that there are things that are hidden within inside of us. Things that we don't want anybody to see. Things that we think are going to somehow go away. But they don't go away. They're inside of us, like an infection. And, and we've never fessed up. And so we hide, and, and we think no one will see, but we know, and it, it, it bears on our conscience every single day. And, and, so, and so we hide, just like they're hiding from God. But the reality is, just like the man across the street, he was going to see. He was going to see it. He was going to see the, the, the ditch that I made by the tires on my bike when I rode across his beautiful lawn. He was going to see that. But I was hiding from it, right? And, 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 I, and, and so here in the scriptures, we see it tells us this. It says, but the, the Lord God called to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you're naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, and, and the man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. See, right away, we're pushing the blame. He's pushing the blame onto his wife. As if he had no control. Well, she gave it to me to eat. It was the only thing we had that day. And, and, then, and then in verse 13, it says here, it says, And then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, and he talks to 
about the curses that happened as a result. But what, what's happening here is they're hiding and, and they're, they're, they're transferring the blame of what they did onto somebody else. Instead of owning it, they wanted to ignore it. But, but, but God knew. And, and what, what, what we have to do when we do a real fearless moral searching inside is to be honest with ourselves so that we can pull out the, the painful things, really, and not put them up on a bulletin board or post them on Facebook, but deal with them to see who we are and the hurt that we've caused and look back and say the hurt that was caused by somebody else in our own lives and do a, do a moral inventory so you can face who you are. It's kind of a, a, a way of, of laying out this is what I've done, this is who I have been, and not to say you're going to, you're still that person, but just to, to own it, to own it. So that once you pull it all out, you can deal with it God's way. But this step here is only to take a, a moral, right, a a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And, and most people, when they get to this place, when, they want, when it's time to look inward and to, to really take a, this moral inventory of themselves, this is where the steps stop. Because it's painful to see who we really are and what we've, what we've done. But the reason that we're going to do it is so that we can clean that part of our lives up. And there can be forgiveness and cleansing from the Lord. It's not like you're pulling it out so that you're just going to put it back. You're pulling it out so that it will never ever be put back again. And you can walk away now from it knowing that the Lord has forgiven you and you have made an amends and you have dealt with even the guilt that you feel of somebody you've hurt and it won't harm them for you to go and talk and apologize to them. Eventually, that's another step. And this way you no longer have to carry the guilt around and the shame around. And you can be completely free no longer having to medicate yourself so that you can forget about what's really there. And you'll be free. So there's some questions. They were hiding... The Lord knew what the problem was, but he said, what? What have you done? Eating from the tree as if God didn't know. The neighbor knew what I had done. And, and, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I, was I going to go to jail? I, I don't know. I was a 
12-year-old kid. I didn't even know, 13-year-old. I don't even know how old I was. No, eventually I walked down. He was outside, and I walked over, and I saw he was looking at his yard, wondering what had happened. And I walked over and said, listen, I'm sorry. I was flying down the driveway on my bike and wasn't even thinking and rode right through your lawn and I caused all of this damage and I'm willing to fix it. And he said, Ken, thank you for coming here and being honest with me. He says, I appreciate it. He says, it's all forgiven. Don't worry. I'll take care of it but don't ride your bike in my yard again. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Take the inventory. Here's some questions. When and in what ways have I led a double life? Looking good on the outside while full of shame about my addiction on the inside. Number two is, by hiding my problems with image management, how has my shame taken root and grown in my heart? Am I fearful to admit what is there? Another question is, am I ready to deal with the dirt, to wash the inside so I can live free? What holds me back? I'll put these up on the Facebook post later on, these questions. But I want you to think about that passage, how they hid, Adam and Eve. They hid from God. And God knew. And God talked to them. And God brought them out. And there were consequences. But God did not wipe them off the face of the earth. It wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be. And the fear drove them inward. And and God pulled them out and said, let me talk to you. And he talked to them. Consequences of the sin? Absolutely. But how about cleansing and forgiveness so that they could move on? And for our own lives, we need to know, we need to take an inventory so we can pull out this mess that's in there that's causing shame and guilt that we are even unconscious of at times. That's, that's causing depression, anxiety. We're not even realizing what it is. Take the inventory, write it down so you can deal with it. So you can be free. I want you to do that. Do that today. Do that tonight. Sit down. Get a journal. Write it down in a private place. Do this, this fearless inventory, this moral inventory of what you've done that still plagues you so you can find forgiveness and eventually we're going to turn it over to the Lord. And I'll tell you how we're going to do that 
in the upcoming days. But do that inventory first, because I got a ceremony that we'll do in the near future to get rid of it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you again for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the cleansing that comes, that we can be honest, that though we might feel like we're going to hide it and that nobody knows, you know, and it wears on us. Help us to come forth, writing it down, taking this, this searching moral inventory of ourselves so that we can deal with the past and the hurt that we've caused, find forgiveness and cleansing and be free so that we no longer have to medicate ourselves because of the past. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God and you're merciful. Thank you, Lord.